This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings. The leader in one-day fantasy sports, DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN, that's the Hockey Podcast Network, during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now and download the DraftKings app now using code THPN. That's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network during sign up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We're appropriately uh, both wearing our respective teams that are in the hunt for a spot in the Central Division. We are. Uh, yeah. So I feel you... like there's a lot of teams that should be like already clinched based off of point structure. More than what's already done. Like I think right. Carolina and Florida should be clinched, but they're not. So maybe today's the day. But they say a six could come back next week, which could help Dallas. But I think the Blackhawks are going to sneak in there somehow. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Blackhawks snuck in. Um, we can't beat the Predators to save our life. Like that you was can. a fluke. No, you... that was a fluke. That was a fluke. <laughs> And actually, somebody messaged me and said um, that the Predators are the Blackhawks kryptonite. And I I corrected them and informed them that it is Colleton's kryptonite, not <laughs> the Blackhawks, because Coach Q didn't have any issues with, you know, navigating some of yeah. those rivalries. But I think it that it's Colleton's uh, But, you know... I do have to say that the Preds have struggled against the Blackhawks for God knows how long. Mm -hmm. And so to see it now kind of be reversed is cool because that just shows like anything can happen in hockey, right? Yep. But not every team is going to, like you can't win every single game. So the Preds have gotten super lucky and the Blackhawks were just super unlucky to Mm -hmm. just not, you know, be able to to overcome you know one another throughout the entire years but 
I think that um, it's not the end of the world. I mean, obviously, I'm not a Blackhawks fan, but it's not the end of the because I guarantee next season the Blackhawks are going to probably sweep the Preds. I I don't know. I I think I hear what you're saying. I I hear yeah. you, Breezy, and I agree with a lot of the <laughs> points you're making. But I think the frustration lies in the fact that we are playing you eight fucking times. Yeah. And multiple times back to back. I know, but like if they can't adjust in this situation, they're not going to be able to adjust to anybody in any series. Do you know what I mean? Playoffs. I mean, you're playing the same team multiple times in a row. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that. You know, you have to to come out guns blazing every single game, and you have to overcome and correct your mistakes that you made prior games and prior shifts. Even I mean, the game changes like that. So that's I what see, I'm saying. Uh, I see that's, your point. Yeah, that's where it in lies the frustration. Is like yeah. if you can't beat them. You're beating beating them one time out of what is that seven now? Six. Yeah, I think so. I, Whatever. I, I don't know. It's yeah. too many. It's too many times, and like not even close last night or on yeah. what was so Friday night not even fucking close were the Blackhawks you know yeah. just being dominated by your one three one like I just it's frustrating and yeah. I think that it that's in coaching that's in yeah. coaching that's in ability to get your players to adjust to a different style of game and there's mm-hmm. so and I think Bowman is to blame there's he's so adamant that the Blackhawks play that style of hockey and they are not adjusting for the teams that they're facing. And you can see you, the, the proof is in the numbers in this situation, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I do have to say that I think the Preds and Blackhawks uh, rivalry is probably one of my favorites. And I think it it's super underrated. I think that people don't, don't really, uh, don't really get it, but maybe it's just because it's kind of a rivalry between the two of us. So I think it's like kind of cool. But, like, yeah. we don't rub it into each other's face. It's all fun and games. But yeah. um, it's probably one of my favorite rivalries, you know, through yeah. the whole entire league. So, You know, I just want to say how much I appreciate that you and I don't rub it in each other's faces. <laughs> like, we'll joke about it here and there. And, like, with the Kings and, like, if the guest is, if it's relevant, like, yeah. we'll throw a little bit of a dig. But not that like really hardcore aggressive <laughs> kind of thing which is really not my style well i mean it's even when i text you when the when the hawks won i mean that yeah. was a great game the it hawks was. you know they they deserve to to get the ot win but um yeah i mean just yeah. kind of proves that we're we're good i text you and <laughs> then you told me i can't be a blackhawks fan because i didn't need another team and i was totally okay with that but you know what i support you and your your team and your decision that you said that's more than you would do for me, but that's okay. (laughs) I did. I mean, I would be happy for you, Breezy the human, if one of your teams won the Stanley Cup. Like, I would be happy that you got to have that experience again, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Though, I feel like you would be a lot happier for me in that situation <laughs> than than I would for you. Like I wouldn't be mad, uh, it, but uh, obviously that would depend if like our teams were facing each other, which you know yeah. that can only happen in certain certain scenarios. But yeah. um, like if the Kings and the Hawks were facing each other again, like I don't know that I would 
No, I like you enough that I would be, I would be happy for you. And like, you don't give me shit and you don't like throw jabs all the, all season long. Like if you were doing that, I would not be happy for you. Like if you have to put the pod on hiatus for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you were like, I can't talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. If you were like shit talking me the whole series and like just going at it I would then I would not be happy because I would be very like mad because I wouldn't be shit talking you I would be just way too stressed out about the team and Colleton and what they're not doing right to like even be bothered with telling you about anything I would just be like damn it horrible this is uh episode 59 (laughs) after that rant that was awesome yeah episode 59 we have uh two guests in the house today um you'll hear from them in just a little bit we have uh kelsey newman and carly jackson aka cj both goalies for the buffalo buttes uh it was really cool to talk to them uh and basically uh pretty much about the the women's sport which obviously had some stuff happen this uh this past week which we'll probably dive into but before we dive into that i just kind of want to commend you a little bit i'm going to stay on this nice streak that we've had um, I feel like you do so much on your end in the hockey world. I mean, way more than the hockey lady, the podcast and all this stuff. I mean, you're going on other people's pods. You're talking about the women's sport. You're, you're really diving into it and, and really having open conversations about it. And I watched your video you did yesterday. Yeah. It was yesterday. The which, interview with Amy. The interview. Yeah, yeah. The interview that you did, which was yesterday. But when you hear the pod, it's going to be a few days prior and it was so cool to see because it's like you're having great conversations about it. And I think you're really opening up everybody's eyes uh, to the women's sport, which I think is what everyone needs. Well, thank so you. Good job. Thank you for saying those kind things. Uh, you know, I like talking to people about the sport, broadcasting, sharing from my own experiences. You know, I've I've had quite a few bad ones, but, you know, that's where you learn i've had a lot of really good ones but yeah i don't know hopefully my story will inspire somebody or encourage them and and make them you know follow whatever it is their passion is but the the other thing that was really interesting with that conversation with amy was her first question was like what's it something along the lines of like what's it like to be a woman in in sports and the first thing I said was I don't lead or think of myself as a woman mm-hmm. like I'm just Rachel and I yeah. do, this is just what I do right and like I'm very aware of the fact that there is obviously a difference and there are different perceptions and women only fill certain roles in in the broadcasting world of sports and you know all of those things which is is relevant because it's part of the conversation we have with our guests today which is just getting how do you get the marketing dollars and attention on women's sports like it's Mm -hmm. the chicken and the egg like not enough people know about it not enough people know about the nwhl or the pwhpa yeah i just want to talk hockey I don't care if it's women or men playing or 
world juniors or any of it, you know, I think there's a lot of really great professional hockey to watch and talk about and personalities. And for me with the sport of hockey, men and women playing is just as exciting. Yeah. For me. Definitely. I love both. I, I want to find a woman's team that I can commit to and back and be like, I love those buttes goalies. Like they're so awesome. And I love that camaraderie they have, but like, we just don't, I, we don't know enough about these players and they haven't been around long enough. And I haven't been to a game because COVID, but even before that, you know, I wasn't living in a place where there was a professional women's team. So, you know, it's all of these things that contribute to it. The beauty of it. And it's going to be funny to say that because, well, we're talking to the Buttes. Mm -hmm. But we get to learn about a couple of goalies that play for a professional women's hockey team today. And I think that the listeners are really going to like it. So, Exactly. That's the whole point, you know. I really hope everybody listening um, sees that they have just as much passion. I would dare say more personality than the men. Definitely. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that the men want to show personality, and there's very few that do. I mean, you got P.K. Subban, who definitely shows his personality. Um, there's a couple guys that, you know, I think of off the top of my head that do, but a lot of them I think are afraid to, uh, and that's just the nature of the sport. That's kind of what's been drilled into their heads. I mean, I would love to know what Connor McDavid is like outside right. of his, like, straight face bubble. Um And I think that he deserves to have a chance to show that side of him. But I just think given the circumstances and who he is and what he means to the Oilers organization and to the NHL as a whole, he can't. Yeah. And is that an issue? Maybe. Like, I don't know. I don't know the details of it. You don't know the details of it. So we can't really comment on it. But um, the fact that the women don't have anything to basically, they have nothing to lose. Like, they could show everything that they want and – um, maybe it's a bad thing to do because maybe professional, the professional league thinks down upon it. But I think that at the end of the day, that's only what's going to grow the sport is, is showing personalities. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I, I think the, the NHL should take a little bit of a page out of the, the women's book and see just how profitable it can be. If you give them some guidelines, like, I definitely think, you know, you want to rein it in a little bit. Like, we don't want to hear a lot of the stories that go on, but we want to hear certain ones. And I think if you give them a little bit of parameters, but not the iron fist like the NHL, you can can figure it out, you know? And I think you're going to hear from the girls' stories... (laughs) They share, I think, maybe better stories than some that we've heard. But also, again, that goes to the point, like, the men aren't allowed to share a lot of these stories. They get in so much trouble um, for sharing certain things. But nothing these girls talked about would get them in any trouble, in my opinion. No, no, not at all. But just, like, pure, hilarious, genius stuff. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. It's the IIHF. Um, is the organization that puts on the Women's World Championship 
And here is what Kendall Coyne, who plays for Team USA, said. They board her and her teammates boarded a flight to our respective homes at five o'clock this morning instead of getting on a bus to Halifax, Nova Scotia. Why? Because the public health officials in Nova Scotia canceled the Women's World Championship due to safety concerns. I understand and agree with putting health and safety first, but these are similar safety concerns that they had months ago when they started planning for the World Championships and also, I believe, the World Juniors. And everything went off. There's a whole longer thing, but um, they had their final skate in Portland, Maine, and the general manager stepped on the ice to tell them that the tournament was canceled. And they also have not set a date. They have no plans. They haven't done anything. Uh, There was no contingency plan, but they had everything set up for the U18 Men's World Championships. Um... So why not the women? No one knows. Yeah. You know, the NHL played in a bubble and we've got all the blueprints. We know how to make this work. Is it funding? You know, there's a lot of things left unsaid in this. Is it funding? Is it who, who foots the bill for that tournament? Um, Did advertisers back out? Did they just decide to blame safety concerns with COVID. I don't know. Either way, whatever the reason is, it's not good because they should be able to play. And the women's world championship is just as exciting yeah. as the men. Yeah. I don't know. It, it sucks. Another... I mean, there's nothing you could really do or say that's going to make it up to the girls that we're going to be playing. And, um, they don't deserve it. I don't think, well, not just them. I don't think anybody deserves it, uh, to be, to be honest. Um, it just really is unfortunate that it, it constantly happens to, to the women's side of it. Um, hopefully we'll be able to, to see some changes. Um, and hopefully they'll be able to play. I mean, it just kind of sucks that they don't have an ETA date, but Given certain circumstances, I mean, maybe an ETA date will follow in the upcoming weeks. Um, but I think that they deserve to know, yes, a date will be coming, not just, oh, nope, canceled. Right. And like the day they're supposed to leave to yeah. go to the tournament, that would never happen on the men's side of things. No, not at all. Ever. Like there would be riots. That's just like like a lack of respect, to be honest. Like, I agree. Like, I I don't cancel on you. Like, the day of we're gonna be recording or something. Like, it's if you can't make it work, you can't make it work. But it's just with all like you have to have respect for you know your your partners, your coworkers, Mm -hmm. whoever it is. Like, you need to to give them something, or else they're not gonna respect you. And when the players start not respecting their league, I mean, what do you have? You have nothing. I mean, that's going to go, that's going to get bad. Right. And that's the the thing that you don't want to have happen is more boycotts, more division amongst the women. You know, you need to unite. It needs to be, Mm -hmm. we need to be on the same page if you want this thing to grow. Our podcast is proud to be on the Hockey Podcast Network, and the network is home to many other incredible podcasts, including this one. 
now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience. All right, guys, so it's time to bring in our guest. This week, we have a couple of buttes on the pod, literally. Welcome, Kelsey Newman and Carly Jackson, a.k.a. CJ, both goalies for the NWHL Buffalo Buttes. I hope you enjoy this interview with them. Let's just (laughs) jump into it. You guys are teammates. You're both goalies for the Buffalo Buttes of the NWHL. Describe your dynamic together. Uh... I mean, I'll say we're very goofy. We have a lot of fun, and especially with our other goalie partner, Katie. We definitely don't take things too seriously, which is not typical of goalies, I guess. But I think we have a really good dynamic. Yeah, we we just laugh a lot. Um, It's kind of been that way, honestly, since day one uh, when I arrived in the fall, or I think around November, December this year when we finally got to get together. Um, Our little trio of goalies, like, 
the first day we were making jokes and and just like laughing around and, and getting around on the ice so it's honestly one of the best dynamics to play in and it's it's just so fun it's just so easy to play with um with Kelsey and Katie like they're they're so encouraging and they're just fun to play with I always got a smile on my face who's the weirdest who's the weirdest of say. the goalies yeah uh, <laughs> I think it would depend honestly yeah. it depends it on depends the situation on... okay and what we're yeah. doing I mean I'm the one that prior to both CJ and Katie coming to Buffalo I would go around Buffalo and my goalie equipment equipment with like my previous goalie partner, who's now the starter for Minnesota and is one of my best friends, Amanda Levier. So I feel like that helps. Uh, but we definitely all have our weird antics to ourselves, I guess. Yeah, Kelsey, I'd say you're up there. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little uh, weird too, but I feel like I feel like we're a good balance for each other, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. We all balance each other out. Okay, wait why were you walking around town in your gear like was it a promotional like to get people to come to games or was this just for shits and giggles a little bit of both um (laughs) it really started with my first season and amanda levier's first season she was coming to buffalo she had just gotten her brand new like pads when she was back home in kingston and she was walking her dog and her goalie equipment and she like posted it as a joke being like only way to break in gears by taking the dog for a walk whatever so ironically her first practice in Buffalo our team we had only skated once or twice so far and no one was talking except for Lev and I we were like the only two people talking in the locker room and we were talking about that photo so we jokingly like recreated the photo before practice and then pretty much the next day we were at my apartment at the time and we were like what other cool things can we do in our equipment like this has to be something that we're just going to go out do random things have fun with it so I've gotten kids that I coach involved in it and it it went from being like okay let's get the name out there because it was only the second year of the league to okay what can we do that's even crazier even more fun we attempted baking a cake um in your gear yeah we didn't have the right ingredients so we didn't it didn't turn out very well um I've taught like I've gone into at the time I taught at a refugee agency so we used that as like a chance for me to go in in my gear and teach like a hygiene lesson, things like that. So we've definitely had our fair share of fun with it. And she continues it in Minnesota. So when we get together, we, that's what we do. I love it. It's funny. And CJ, you're like, I want no part of that. I'm good just like being a little less crazy or weird. Well, it's actually funny. I, I was in college when you guys started doing that with the goalies and everything and the goalie gear and being out in public. And I started following you guys on Instagram and Twitter and I became huge fans. So when I was introduced to the league last year and Kelsey DM'd me and you're like, Hey, welcome. And, and I was, I was, uh, I was kind of shit my pants a little bit. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Cause I had followed you for years. Right. I'm like, Oh, I know all this stuff about her. Like, I don't want to be weird. <laughs> I think if, if, it wasn't COVID times. I feel like we probably would have ended up in our goalie equipment also. For sure. For sure. I know they're like Lev and I talked about wanting to try to get something together in Lake Placid, but it just, our schedules never lined up and the way that they had everything kind of like shut down with COVID and everything, we couldn't really get it to happen. But there's definitely a future for all of us to be in our goalie equipment at the same time real soon. <laughs> Good. Do you have like a bucket list of a 
something to do in your goalie equipment? I feel like you should make one actually. I mean, so my brother, I think it was either after the first season or the second season, I don't remember, but my brother was getting married. And so he had like his military wedding out in Alaska and then his actual wedding was in Connecticut where his wife was from. So I actually showed up to the church for the rehearsal in my goalie equipment and I went through the entire rehearsal as a bridesmaid in my goalie equipment and luckily the guy that like was walking with me down the aisle <laughs> hockey player but the whole oh. time this is awful your gloves stink so there's like photos of me like putting my gloves like right in his face and, oh no this is so cool that, like I think the only way I could top that is if like I wore it to my own wedding rehearsal but like <laughs> that's don't see what happens. <laughs> I think I think we got to make that happen. I mean, <laughs> let's be real; it will probably happen, and I guarantee. Like Lev and I went dre like dress shopping for her dress in goalie. Like we have pictures in goalie equipment, like outside bridal shops when she oh, got. And what did the people at the bridal shop say? Well, it was in Minnesota, so I feel like that okay. Was but I they think, were just like, "Oh, this is oh, come on in, it's fine." Think, yeah. Honestly, I think one of some of the better reactions that i've gotten at least was when there's two little girls that i met when um the second year of the league and they were in buffalo for like a future nwhl tournament and they were playing under the riveters names and i was coaching um a little buffalo team that was playing as like the buttes and one was a player at the time and the other was a goalie and i was like fan fangirling over the both of them they were both like so good they were like eight and like oh my god these kids they're gonna have a great future and i introduced myself and i i've kept in touch with both of them and so the following season they were coming to buffalo for the summer and just for like a week or whatever and the one that was a player was also now learning to be a goalie so she had player gear and everything and then also the goalie so they brought all their equipment and we went to Niagara Falls in our goalie equipment and on the Buffalo side and the looks that like some of the people gave us, I was just like, yeah, this is normal. We're real close to Canada. They probably won't care. And they're just like, yeah. like someone wanted us to take a photo with their little boy and, and the little boy was definitely so cool. afraid of us. He was like, people wanted nothing to do with us. So that, that was good looks. And then my dad actually made me cross the border in my goalie equipment mm -hmm. <laughs> what did the what did the what are those the canadian mounties right <laughs> well the border patrol so <laughs> okay we were in detroit for like a win for women's nationals and it was uh right before joe lewis like the final games at the joe and oh. so before we left uh my dad and i were like okay like let's go downtown my dad was going to drive back to buffalo with me so we went downtown detroit there was news people at the Joe and I'm over here like trying to take pictures of my equipment at the Joe and I'm like that no I can't do it until the news people are gone like it's not I can't do it so finally like they left I walked up the steps did all this stuff and my dad's like well you know you guys never did one where you crossed the border and I was like well yeah because like love's Canadian and I'm American and God only knows what can happen and he was like no you're gonna keep your equipment on and we're gonna go because we were driving through Canada to get back to Buffalo and I was like no dad like I was kidding about wanting to do that it was a joke you know uh he was like nope let's go we're going so in full gear I'm like sitting in the front I had a Kia Soul at the time so I'm like, in, in my little Kia Soul in the front you pull up and the border guy well, my dad drove my the border guy oh, okay. 
always like, are you late for practice? Are you going to a game? Like, and my dad goes, no, this is normal. She just wears her goalie equipment everywhere. Like, <laughs> do you think you can take a photo with her? And the guy was like, no, that's against, no, that's not what's going to happen. But like, you guys can definitely like go into Canada, I guess. Like, he was very confused, but nothing bad happened. Oh my oh, God. Man. I, I think feel that's... like you should have said you were like late for practice so then they would have let you go faster. Right? But yeah, I think helps. for my dad, it was more like, no, it'll be funnier if we say we're actually like not even coming for anything hockey. <laughs> like, oh we're just here to take a photo in her goalie equipment. I, I love it. I think we should keep with the shenanigans. So, like, what kind of stories do you guys have from your time of, of being together either it, well we could talk about lake placid in the season in a minute but like let's unless there's a good story from from that but uh give us a good like player story cj you want to go yeah. first? <laughs> I was, this one is like it's kind of funny i was actually joking about it with my buddy um <laughs> from maine this morning i was on the phone with her and we we're just talking about college and and, uh, you know, like trying to get people to come to our games and trying to get people involved and everything. And we're joking around and, and she asked me, go, she goes, didn't you do this weird thing? Like on, uh, on Tinder or something to get people to come to our games. So what I used to do in college is I would go on Tinder and I would swipe right on everybody, guys, girls, <laughs> like they, everyone, all, all the people I could find. And then I would message them and be like, yo, come to our game tomorrow um <laughs> so in good. boston or new hampshire or whatever so i would have a couple people in the stands <laughs> unknowingly so that we would get more fans at our games <laughs> that's amazing i feel like you need to like somehow incorporate that next year like yeah, maybe it worked pull, at least we can twice. pull the team for the single people and be like if you come to the game you can win a date with <laughs> yes <laughs> yes is this like funny or sad that this is what you have to do like what the mm -hmm. like the for the women's sport because like the guys don't have to do any of this like we've talked to the girls who play at um UNE the University of New England mm -hmm. uh, in Maine and um we were talking about the dis the disparity between the fans at the college games and they're like yeah the guys literally don't have to do anything and like people just go but like mm -hmm. we're lucky if just our friends show up in the in the stands and i was like i will walk around campus and advocate and put up signs and like tell people to come to the game um but obviously like the fan situation with covid didn't work out this year but like <laughs> that's hysterical and i think that's a brilliant idea cj that you did that but like is it it's a little it's like a little bit of both like it's funny but it's mm. also like i think a little bit sad that like yeah what's happening or is that or is it not <laughs> tell me if it's not I mean, because like yeah I honestly wanna... i think like yeah guys don't have to do that but i can definitely see the guy hockey players especially in college still doing that even though they don't have to well they're like yeah like they're doing it also to just get laid too i think well, like i don't true. know that that was cj's intention but like it might have been a happy never like, byproduct of the of the thing but like i don't know is that me being too judgmental on like the the dis differences in between the sport or 
No, no. I think I out because I think also it all it kind of also depends on like the school itself. So yeah, mm. no matter what school it is, the girls sports typically don't pull as many fans as the guys sports. But at the same time, like I was at both Clarkson and Plattsburgh and Clarkson, we still got a good fan base. Like we still had a pep band. I remember my freshman year, we made it to um, NCAA tournaments and we our first round we were out in Minnesota and the pep band actually like guys from the pep band drove from Potsdam New York to Minnesota just so they could be like at the games but at the same time like I've seen it where it's just all the fans go to the guys games half the time they don't notice there's a women's team and things like that I I think at the D1 level it's a little you get you definitely get more fans I would say than you do at the D3 but I think some of the like higher end D3 schools that have really good girls programs still pull really like a really good fan base. Even at Plattsburgh, we had a really good fan base. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I'm such an advocate for the women's like professional hockey leagues right. and sport that like, I'm all for the like Tinder advertising. <laughs> like, we, well, now we have I, so many different ones we can also advertise oh on. Oh my so god! We gotta get we gotta get across <laughs> all of them. We gotta get on like um, farmers and uh, <laughs> what is that farmers <laughs> farmers only? <laughs> like we gotta get profiles on all of them and yeah, just which like. Which teammate are we putting on farmers only? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who would you put on there? Besides, okay, CJ, you got you got Tinder covered. Going on all you can dress, just dress me up. We can do a photo shoot. Yes. <laughs> no, I want Kelsey in her goalie gear, but without skates. I want you in cowboy boots, and you can borrow yeah, okay. mine and a so cowboy cute. hat on top of your helmet, and like that's the photo. So so when I used to be on dating sites you know like you got to pick your photos or whatever oh yeah I was always like at like before I met Lav and everything I was always like okay like I don't really want to put a hockey photo because half the time you get the stupid things of like oh I bet I could score on you or blah 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 and then um after I met Lev it's like okay well now I have these photos where like I'm doing random ass shit in my goalie equipment so I would put the I would put at least one of them like on a profile and people would be like, I don't get it. Why are you? I'm like, oh, well, you know, like if you want, we can go on a date. I'll wear it. Like kind of <laughs> never had to do that, though, unfortunately. But like was, I figured it was a better way for them to be like, OK, she's odd. Like, let's see what happens. <laughs> or maybe you just need to say, well, if you don't get it, then you don't get the, uh, the time yeah. with me. I usually didn't answer the ones. Yeah. That yeah. I was like, okay, well, goodbye. Yeah, they those guys the, clearly don't have a sense of humor. So, like, exactly. you're going to delete yeah, that chat. Yes, it <laughs> doesn't <laughs> change. Oh, my God. I want to do that. I want to just get on Tinder again and just so I can be like, dump, change, like, <laughs> while I'm swiping. Like, I just want to say that in my head. Is that weird? That's weird. No, it's not weird at all. Good. We support it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kelsey, give us a story. I mean, I feel like you've already given us like 20, but like, do you have uh, anything funny that you want to share? I don't or, know. Or like I, pranks or like, I mean, you're clearly very creative and, and free with your um, like, humor. <laughs> I feel like our team really, like we didn't really prank each other, especially not this year, but 
even in like previous seasons, I don't, I really don't think we pulled many pranks unless you count our goalie equipment shenanigans, which people like, obviously, I mean, when my first year, when we went to, when we were getting ready for the playoffs, we went, it was a uh, Lev, Brianne McLaughlin and I, and we made uh, Kelly Stedman come with us. And I think there was one or two other players that were with us. And we went to one of the mall, like smaller malls here in Buffalo. And we were like, okay, there's a made in America store. Lev's Canadian. Brie and I are American. Let's take photos in front of that. So like Lev's laying on the ground. Brie and I have a leg on top of her. And we're like, yeah, we're strong. And then we took um, a photo in front of Victoria's Secret. And we were like, and then we tweeted it after our first playoff one. And we were like, our cup size is Isabel or whatever. And it's hilarious because I'm pretty sure that is still pinned on Lev's Twitter because I still like, this is what three four years later i still get notifications on twitter and it's like so and so liked your photo and i'm like what photo i haven't posted anything and, and then i like go and look and i'm like oh isabel cup one got it great awesome <laughs> so that one's still i think a fan favorite of everyone's that's brilliant it's pretty good live is pretty good. definitely the pun master so give her all a good pun friend. good puns are great <laughs> So describe your guys' process to uh, to get to where you are. Yeah, so uh, I'll go first, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like the the path for women getting into the like the league now is so different than the journey for the guys, you know. Mm -hmm. So we'd yeah. like to hear how you how it worked for you, or like your mentors who helped you get where you are. Go go ahead, CJ. So I grew up in Nova Scotia um, and I actually played boys hockey there until I went to the University of Maine. Um, so that was until I was 18 or 19. Um, I ended up playing like in minor hockey systems. Uh, I went to a couple different communities just to play with the boys, play at higher levels. Um, and then when I hit 17 years old, I played junior B um, in a men's league and that was pretty awesome. <laughs> And then I ended up going to Maine. So I was there for five years. Uh, I redshirted my first year and then I played out my four years of eligibility. Um, and then after I graduated from Maine, I got drafted third overall in the Buttes and I just finished my first season. So I'm pretty happy. Kind of a big deal, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. You're so nice wow. to me. <laughs> That's just, yeah. She's pretty amazing. Thank you, my friend. I'm gonna throw you out there for you, Siege. I love the camaraderie. Uh, what was your experience? Kelsey? Mine. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely older than CJ. Um, but growing up, I actually started playing hockey in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I have an older brother. Yeah, like no one expects San Antonio, Texas. That's the fun part of it. Um, and I started playing when I was like four. The coach who used to coach for the Hurricanes, Bill Peters, was um, in San Antonio when I actually started playing hockey and stuff because his wife was there for nursing a uh, nursing rotation and stuff so i he's known my like dad and my family since i was about four and then i kind of got into goaltending because i didn't want to watch my brother at hockey camp um but being in san antonio there really wasn't a lot of hockey we had one rink that had two sheets of ice one was actual nhl length and if the zamboni broke down on it they just put cones around it and then you still practiced uh it was real entertaining and then there 
So obviously I was playing with the boys and typically with boys that were older. And then from there we moved to Dallas because uh, that's my dad was born and raised in Dallas, Fort Worth. I played boys hockey there and my parents started the first 12U girls team in Dallas actually because our first year there I was eight or nine playing on a 15U girls team as well as like my squirt travel team. I didn't play a lot of games or anything, but my mom didn't like what I was learning in the locker room. <laughs> From the older girls, I'm guessing. <laughs> what like, did you learn? <laughs> well, it's funny because right now, like, I'm a I coach a lot, and so I'm sitting here with like my 10U teams, boys and girls. I'm like, why can't you guys tie your own skates? Like, why is this? Apparently, it's a normal thing, but my mom made sure after about a week of coming in to help me tie my skates and put my pads on that I knew how to do it, so she didn't have to hear the conversations. Mm. Um, and then. <laughs> Going into my second year of Pee Wee, we actually moved up to Michigan for my brother and I to play on AAA teams. So like CJ, I played boys AAA, both in Michigan and then Wisconsin. And then I went to uh, the North American Hockey Academy, which used to be in Stovermont. Now it's in Boston. And from sophomore year until all the way through senior year before I went off to college. Uh, then I went to Clarkson, played there for about a year and a half, followed by Plattsburgh, um, for about a year and then I actually left the team at Plattsburgh because of some personal reasons some bullying going on and not so great things and wasn't loving the game anymore so when I moved to Buffalo it was for grad school I didn't come here to play in the league the league wasn't a thing yet so after my first year of grad school is when the league kind of became what it is and so I was coaching and Shelly Looney was uh, the head coach of the Buttes, and she was the um, director of hockey for the group that I was working with, the Buffalo Bisons at the time. And she, um, I saw her the one day at the rink, and I was like, hey, Shelly, like, I hear the Canadian goalies having a hard time with Visa, so if you ever need a goalie, let me know, like, I'll come practice. So I filled in a few times and got to know the girls and everything. So then my, the following year, I went to, like, a free agent camp, because they already had Bree coming back. They already signed Lev. So I, I was signed on as the practice goalie and I've been working for it since. And I took one year off and then came back the uh, last season and then this season. So it's been, it's been a process. I mean, I play beer league to stay in shape and have a great time with that, but it's been a journey and it's a journey that I wouldn't trade for the world. That's awesome. Did either one of you play with uh, Julia Iofalo? I did not play. With, I didn't play with her, but I know her. Okay. Oh, okay. So I, I, I know dad really well. He does a lot of the skill stuff with, he did yeah. a lot of the skill stuff with the Buffalo Bisons girls program. Great family. Yeah. I played Very against Alex family. though. That, that was fun. Alex. He, just no, signed he, played, the, he was uh, on my team. On my oh, team. okay. Yeah, because he just signed uh, an extension with the Kings, which is huge. Kings fans love him. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, That's there crazy. there used to be, obviously, COVID's kind of affected things, <laughs> but there's, um, there used to be a league called the FHL, which kind of like the beauty league that Minnesota has where, like, all the guys come back and play. Mm -hmm. The FHL is that here in Buffalo, so it's like a bunch of college guys, junior guys, NHL guys, and I, I subbed for it the one summer and ended up playing on Alex's team, but against Darlene and Middlestad. And I was like, oh, okay, it's fine. So there's a great video of Darlene like deking around a 15 year old boy and then just 
making me look like I suck at hockey, but oh my god, okay, I did make at least one save on him. <laughs> hey, that's what you lead with. Yeah, it's pretty good. Tell us then, you know, briefly your thoughts on this very weird condensed season and the uh obviously if if people know you there was a tournament in Lake Placid a condensed like sort of playoff thing and then too many COVID cases and then finally there was a championship game which was great and the big thing was that the game was on NBC Sports um on top of being on Twitch where you guys have a really big following um how do you describe like all of the crazy things, both like, you know, positive and negative that went on this, just this season in the last like few months? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was such a whirlwind. Yeah. <laughs> it was just every day you wake up and, you know, you just do the best you can with everything that you have. Um, you know, especially with COVID, we kind of just didn't really know what was going to happen. Like every single day was, you know, for, for the most part, we just try to do everything in our control to stay healthy, stay safe, stay distant, but still have the best time possible. Um, I think our team, it was also different. Like all yeah. the other teams, it seemed like because they didn't have as many players from Canada or whatever. So like they were able to have their team practices, like regular team practices, whereas our team started the year off with like most of the Canadians practicing on the Canadian side and then the Buffalo, the ones that were in the in Buffalo are practicing here. And I think going into Lake Placid, we definitely, we probably had 10 or 10, maybe more practices where it was like all of us. Oh, so it was still new for us. And I think the nice part was just seeing how quickly we all came together as a family. And you could tell like that first practice where we all finally came together, you could tell like, okay, the Canadian girls were really close. The girls in Buffalo were really close, but it, it didn't matter. Like CJ said, our three, the three goalies, we right away were like, okay, what are we going to do? Whereas like the whole team was like that. And that was a really fun thing to watch. Yeah. How do you awesome. think this is going to help with, you know, getting the NBC sports deal was really important for the future of the, of the sport in general. It's a huge thing for the league and yeah. it's a huge success. And I mean, I know, I so I don't have like cable I do a lot of just like stream Netflix whatever so trying to get NBC Sports like without having cable company I was, I was freaking out I'm like I need to watch these games like I I gotta help with the viewership and I I wanted to watch the games and it wasn't working down like downstairs so I had to figure out how to get it on the on the TV up here but so that was an entertaining time but I figured it out so I'm happy about that. That's crazy. So where do you guys see the the sport and the women's side of it going, you know, over the next couple of years? Do you think there's going to be like some positive things with everything going on? Or do you think, you know, with the COVID year, do you think it's kind of stepped back a little bit? I think COVID has delayed the progress of women's hockey, but I wouldn't say that it stopped it. Um, I think it has slowed down compared to say COVID didn't exist. I think we would have grown a lot more this past season just because of our frequency of events, right? So um, I think that regardless of COVID, we still made steps in the right direction. Um, I like to think that in the next five, 10 years, 
um, this is going to be able to be a full-time gig for us. And hopefully there's some more teams um, there's more opportunities for the best players to play. And, you know, we get supported the way that we, that we need to so that we can train full-time and then that way the product will be even more entertaining. Um, so that's, that's where I see the game going. I know personally, that's where I want it to be by the time I leave. Um, so that's, that's the plan. <laughs> Good plan. Good plan. Cause you guys, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> do you, I mean, do you have to have like a, a job on the side currently or are you yeah, guys just so, focused on hockey? Oh, I wish I was. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, love, I love my actual job. I'm a third grade teacher during the day. So for me, it's like CJ saying, like I, when I started being a part of this league, even in the first year, like with practices, helping out at the games, whatever, it was never about what I was going to get paid out of it. It was, it's always for me been, what is it going to be like for the girls that I'm coaching now that are seven to 18? Like, what's it going to be like for them when it's their turn to come and play in the league and make it, make it better. And I think being around since season one, I have seen such a huge growth and the strides that they've made all the way through to this last season i i can't wait to see what season seven has in store because i mean they've steadily like raised pay and everything like that so the nwhl is definitely making all the right strides they're finding the partnerships they're finding viewership and that's all we could ever ask for if you could give like one tiny opinion to like help grow the sport, what, in your opinion, what would you say would help tremendously boost people that up? Be, people just not being so like close-minded, I would say, because I mean, as a hockey player in general, a lot of times it's like, oh, a girl, like, okay, she play hockey. And as a goalie, I think it might be a little worse. Like I said, I, I filled in for the FHL and stuff. And I remember my first game, I was actually playing on Gergeson's team. And I was like the first one out on the ice for warmups. And he was the second one. And his first few shots, he just kind of like, he didn't like flutter, flutter them at me, but he definitely wasn't shooting them at me. And I'm like, what are you yeah doing? and then he watched like two or three like college d1 guys come in and just rip shots and i was fine and he was like oh okay now i know okay i can shoot i'm like yeah i got a braid i don't care like i have padding on i'll be okay just shoot the puck kind of thing and i think when we see comments online and stuff it's the negative ones are typically from closed-minded people and sometimes it's males and sometimes it's females so i think having people be way more open-minded about actually giving the game a chance instead of just saying like, Oh, it's girls. They're going to be slow. Oh, there's no hitting. Why would I want to watch that? Mm -hmm. I see that's yeah. Oops, I've sorry. seen hitting <laughs> and um, you guys aren't fucking slow. So um, anyway, <laughs> even, even in like when I would play for, I used to also play for a women's team out of North Carolina that would like go and complete Pete in USA hockey nationals. And the last one that I went to was we were out in Anaheim and we were playing against the Anaheim women's team. And one of our players actually like body checked one of their girls into our bench. Like, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Here we are. This is, this is the tone of the game today. And I mean, even watching college games and, and NWHL games and things like that, like you can see that we're still physical. 
Are we making open ice hits? We try not to because we know better. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I've seen my fair share, but I mean, it's still going to happen. But at the same time, it's, it's the mindset, I think. And as a coach watching younger kids, especially when I'm with the boys teams, watching them learning how to like angle the player off instead of just going for the body before they're able to learn how to check. That's, that's what we do in the game. And I think it takes a extra level of intelligence to be able to say, okay, like I'm not just going to go and just completely demolish this person in the board. Instead, I'm going to angle them off of the puck. I'm going to angle them into the boards using my body, but in a smart way. Yeah. CJ, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you going to say? No, it's and, okay. And... I was, or go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was just, I was thinking of the comment you made Kelsey about um, how you had a braid and um, an interesting experience that I've had is, um, of course, growing up when people see the ponytail, you know, and you go on the ice as a goalie, they're flicking shots at you because they're like, well, it won't hurt you. But it's actually quite unbelievable. Ever since I cut my hair, it's completely different. Like if no one knows that I'm a girl, then they, it's, it's so different. So it's growing true. up my whole life, I had long hair. So I was so used to, you know, coming on the ice and always having to prove myself that, you know, or tell people you can shoot harder or at least challenge them until they figured it out on their own. Um, but once I cut all my hair off, nobody knew. So it was, it changed. The first time I went on the ice with short hair, I was like, oh shit, this is fun. Like it was competitive right off the bat. It was no like working your way into it. It was, it was crazy, but it's crazy what a difference it can make just because some hair's coming out of the back of your helmet. Yeah. And I mean, like for me, it wasn't until I got my recent mask, there was a period, like when I was at prep school, I definitely had my hair lower being like a ponytail, a bun or a braid. But then after college, when I moved to Buffalo and stuff, I started playing with like a really high ponytail that was then put into a braid. So like, if anything, it was like a little like rat tail looking thing coming out of my helmet because I'm like, I was getting really annoyed just at like pickup hockey, like midday lunch pickup hockey. These guys that were playing beer league, like C or whatever, still seeing me and being like, okay, here you go. Let me just pass it to you. And when I played boys hockey, I would get annoyed because my teammates during drills would try to like shoot pucks at the side of the net to the point where my dad was like, shoot the puck back at them. Mm-hmm. So during like pickup and open skate type things, if a guy did that to me, I would take the puck and I just fire it back at him. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not here. I'm not a little girl. I'm not here for you to just pass me the puck. Like you're to play hockey. Let's go kind of thing. So, I mean, CJ's got a great point. It's, they see a ponytail, walking into the rink and they're like oh okay it's God. a little girl it doesn't matter what our age is they automatically think like we're a little girl yeah gosh I feel like I feel really conflicted about this and I'm going to talk through my thoughts um mm. with you guys but it's like yeah <laughs> the it's sort of like you almost have to do that now for the beginning of like the growth of this sport from like from what you're saying with your own experiences that like the game isn't yet at a place or society isn't yet at a place where you can walk out on the ice with a ponytail or a braid down the back and not have people assuming and just like softing pucks to you. Like Mm -hmm. it's, sort of frustrating that like you now get the respect because they can't tell your gender but like the on the other side of it it's like I'm sure you wish you could just be like 
full on like pink nails and like or whatever that looks like right i don't know about pink nails but like at least okay there you go so like carly wants the pink nails you want a ponytail right carly also wants the pink dress it's fine i I like sparkly nails those are my faves okay so like you know if you could do like a sparkly eyeshadow like that was like underneath your helmet i mean like just being able to express whatever that looks like whoever you are to you in whatever feminine angle like i i just like it gives me conflicting feelings and i'm not really sure i'm making a point here but no you are and i think not to cut you off but i don't do one thing that's really interesting to me now as a coach and i never thought about it when i was playing boys hockey growing up but when and I'm sure CJ can attest to this too. Like when I started playing boys hockey, my teammates were never like, oh, she's a girl. Like my teammates in Michigan actually sat there. were like, you're not a girl. You're just a really cool guy with long hair. (laughs) Okay. And at like 13 years old, I'm like, I don't know that I want to be called that, but whatever, here we are. Um, But it was never like my teammates were never the issue. They were never like, oh, she's a girl, let me shoot easy on her. And at tryouts, it was never like that. It wasn't, honestly, for me, it wasn't until I was older and I would come back from prep school for the summer or like adults were trying to shoot on me and then like beer league type stuff and adult pickup games and things like that, that it was an issue. And I watch, I have girls that play on boys teams right now. And I typically tell a lot of families that I see with a girl goalie on a boys team I say stick stick with the boys as long as possible Mm -hmm. they have that advantage over the players because there's no checking um but I watch how their teammates are and how their coaches are and they don't see them as anyone but a hockey player so it's hard for me I think as a coach and a player to sit here and know okay I went through it and they were fine like I was never viewed any differently until I was an adult Mm. so where did that disconnect happen? Yeah. Like, did it become a thing where like, oh, it's a girl, like, I got to be easy on her because it wasn't like mm-hmm. that. I remember playing boys AAA. And when I lived in Wisconsin, I played with Amanda Kessel. Like we were the two girls on our team. Brianna Decker played on one of the other boys teams. Alex Rigsby played on her team. There was a go- another female goalie on a team out of Chicago. And the guys all treated us exactly like the same. They would check the players. They would go hard at the net against myself Rigsby and the other female goalie but it's like when did when did that stop being normal for them in yeah. a way I would say I think you kind of just said it like when you step on the ice it doesn't matter what your gender is like you should just be seen as a hockey player and I think anyone who steps on the ice you know it's a physical sport it's tough you're gonna get hit hard like I mean it's it's a tough sport so like it doesn't matter what your gender is if you're stepping on the ice like you're welcoming all of that. Do your hardest shots, do your, do your hits, play hockey as normal. Because I mean, I don't physically play, but like if I were to step on the ice, like I would know, okay, well I'm, I'm now on skates on the ice. I'm going to get hit. Like, let's just be real. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think that anybody should look at it as, Oh, I got to be soft on you because, Oh, I see like a braid or whatever. It's like, right. Oh, you're on the ice. You're fair game. Like, exactly. But maybe that's my opinion. I don't know. No, that, yeah. that's, that's honestly, I feel like the opinion that, especially on the guy side, like the, the guy coaches of my boys teams, because I would play against Amanda and Brianna when I lived in Michigan, we were still in the same league. And it was always, 
I don't care if she's got a ponytail. You check her. There's checking right yeah. now. Like, you can check her because there was every once in a while the boy that would be like, oh, she's cute. Like, I don't want to hit her. And my, my dad would be one of those coaches that's like, you're on the ice. She's a hockey player. Just hit the girl. Like, right. it's not fine. Like, you can think she's cute when you get off the ice, but on the ice, she's not cute. She's a hockey player. Hit the person. And yeah. I think also it comes down to the coaching at times too. Mm. Like, a lot of coaches mm. on the girls' side, I think the female coaches definitely, like, understand, treat them as hockey players, not as little girls. But And there's a lot of male coaches that do too, but there's also a lot of male coaches that forget they're hockey players the minute they step on the ice. They're not little girls, like – treat them as you would the boys that are the same age kind of thing. And I think also the parents, I think mm -hmm. the parents need to be um, aware and, you know, empowering their kids. I mean, I know parents have a ton on their plate, but right. you know, especially if they have girls playing, I mean, I think there's an extra level of communication and knowledge and awareness that has to be present to also help, this will also help the sport grow as a whole too, you know, and, right. and make a difference. So I think a lot of it lot like lies in the coaching and, and the parents' hands for these, for the younger kids, especially. I think like the inclusivity or in inclusivity, the inclusion, <laughs> <laughs> the inclusion of like in sport is like one of the most special things. Like Kelsey, when you're describing that, that it didn't matter. Um, when you reached a point where it didn't matter if you're a girl, your teammates treated you the same, your coaches treated you the same um you were welcome and i think that's such a special part about sport and i think that's what makes it so amazing i think right now there's that's a really awesome good side of it but i think on the other end there's a lot of challenges because it seems like you'll get to that point eventually but there's so many barriers that people have to jump through you know in terms of let alone let's say you know being a girl in a male-dominated sport what about someone who's non-binary right? Having to explain that to somebody is, that's a barrier. And I think at some point, the beauty of sport is you will be included. And, you know, it is that really special place where you can go and it just erases all your worries from the world. And you're just a hockey player. And it's the best thing ever. But I don't think we're there yet for everybody. And there's a lot of work to do to get there. And I think it's going to be really special. But um, we have some work to do in terms of the hockey community and welcoming everyone with open arms. Right. And I think, yeah. I think that's one of the differences in the on the female side versus the male side. I think, um, and I'm not saying like the NHL isn't inclusive or anything like that by any means, but I think both the PWHPA. Yeah, I, I always butcher it. There's so many letters. <laughs> and the and our league, the NWHL, I think both groups have done a really good job of getting that message out there of, hey, we are here for everyone. It doesn't matter what you identify as or your sexual orientation like you will be welcomed here yeah kind of thing which is fantastic and i think that's a huge step and i think especially for the younger kids that especially before they start checking they don't start checking now until like bam so like 14 years old um but for those younger teams i think having them come and like check out our games and check out p-dub and things like that they'll they get to learn more about how inclusive we are and all of that stuff, as well as watch a game that's more along the speed, like the speed and the concepts of their own like level that they're at, because we aren't checking, they can't check yet. They have to learn to be more of a finesse player than a goon, so to speak, or whatever. So they learn a lot when they come to our games. Like I know 
a few of the boys teams that I work with, like the goalies especially, but um, the players are even like, oh, Coach Kelsey, like I'm going to the game, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, great. Like, I'll see you there. Okay, let me know what you thought of it after. And then like, the next practice, they're telling me all about it kind of thing. So it's always fun to especially see the boys team come to the game and see the difference in that versus like a Sabres game. Mm-hmm. So, that's Definitely. yeah, a lot of work to do, and I think also showcasing y'all's personalities and your personalities. Yes, and gosh, I think the the women have more personality than some of the guys because I think also the men haven't been like allowed to show that because of the way the NHL is and how right. much of a we don't have as strict of. I mean, we have rules, obviously, but, like, we're allowed to be free to be ourselves. Like, we don't have to hide behind it. But I think the best part about uh, about hockey in general is just how much a hockey player, whether it's an NHL player, an NWHL player, a college player, how much they love to, like, back to their communities and their sport and things like that is one of the best parts about hockey. And I think for us, we get to kind of, do it a lot more because we don't have such big spotlights. So that's something that I hope as the league grows, we continue to still allow the players those chances to be in the community without a big spotlight put on them. I think that's something that we've talked about before on the podcast is what can help, you know, grow the sport. And we've said it multiple times that having the players show their personalities will make fans connect the players and the team more. Uh, and I think that, I mean, you just said it, the same exact thing. I think is as long as you can show a personality, it's going to do great things. Right. I think it's really neat, too, how um, I've noticed this particularly in the past year, but how women hockey players tend to reach actually a bit of a wider audience because for most of us, we're not just hockey players. So, I think a good example is, so I got a job at New Balance um, this fall and I have an amazing team of coworkers. Uh, Not many of them know much about hockey though. Um, So when we played in Lake Placid, we had a group chat and a bunch of them had watched hockey for the first time or for, you know, one of the few times, but it was so cool because I had all these friends from a different um, aspect of my life that had nothing to do with hockey. And I was able to, you know, kind of include them in something and they learned about something they'd never known before. And I never would have reached that audience if I had never had a worked that job. You know what I mean? So it's, it's yeah. really interesting to see like how we can reach other people in it. And we have so many people in the league that do tons of different what things. Like we have doctors and engineers and um, veterinarians and cops and everything. Like it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And I think like CJ is saying, for, I know I'm not the only teacher in the league. I think almost every team has a, has a teacher on it, which I think is really funny that at least every team has a teacher. Um, but that's another way that, like, it's a unique opportunity. Does Is it hard having to balance another job, another full-time job on top of your training and everything? Yes, but at the same time, it's another way for us to get the word out there. So, like, before I went to, like, Placid for Christmas – I had the parents in my class help. I have 18 students and they chipped in and I put a good amount in and we got all of the kids for Christmas, a Butte shirt with my name on it. And so right the day before I left, like we had a Newman shirt day for my class and things like that. But like some of my kids that I had last year also bought shirts 
So they also had little Newman shirts and like they wore them. And when we were in Lake Placid, I know I was getting texts at times that I was laughing at because some of the parents were like, my kid wants to know why you're not playing. And I'm like, no, because CJ's awesome. Like CJ should be playing. Like it's no, I should not be playing. This is CJ's got this kind of thing. But like the kids don't get it. But at the same time, it wasn't about whether I was playing or not. For the kids, like getting texts from like the parents or even the kids who figured out how to message me on like Google Classroom um, telling Uh me like, I watched the game last night, like tell your team, blah, blah, blah. And like this and that. And like that made it that much more special. So to be able to reach that many people in general, like through our other professions helps us every day. Okay. (laughs) Favorite hockey hunk? Harry Price. Did you say, did you say hunk or yeah. hug? Yeah. Back hunk. Quick, oh. back to CJ, obviously. CJ for go... Harry Price. <laughs> I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go with Jeremy Swayman because he's killing it right now and he's my buddy. Yeah, he is. Playing for the Bruins right now. Nice. All I right. don't like his team, but like I support him. <laughs> yeah, I like him too. <laughs> Favorite hockey lady? Mm. Oh. Oh. Allison Mattel. <laughs> I was going to say you're going to say her. <laughs> I'll go with love. All right. Breezy, you got the last two questions. All right. The last two. Well, we ask everybody this uh, just because, well, it comes up too often. So do either one of you have a, or do both of you have a Sydney Crosby story? Sydney Crosby story. About yeah. Him? About him. With him. Interacting, meeting him. Interacting. CJ, have you run yeah. into him on the island? So, yeah, I'm actually from Nova Scotia, so where Crosby was born and raised. Um, I'm actually buddies with his sister. We used to train together and compete together and everything, and she's awesome. Her family's so nice. I've never actually met yeah. Sid. Um, <laughs> I didn't know she had a sister. Did you know yeah. that, Crazy? Yeah. I didn't yeah, know she's that. Awesome. Yeah, because she was on yeah. the ice during his like thousandth game or something, wasn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and she yeah. so she was a goalie. She played at St. Cloud State, and I think she was a year older than me growing up. So we always used to like we would train together or whatever, just like probably once or twice a year. But um, they're honestly such a nice family, super cool. Awesome. I can't say that I've met anyone from the Crosby family, but I have met people from other NHL families, but not not Crosby family. <laughs> Well, do you have a story you want to share with us from uh, interacting with somebody else? Yeah, like uh, the Kessels. <laughs> so, okay, so um, Phil was, has, like, always been, like, really shy. Like, I didn't interact with him a lot, but I do remember the year that I played in Wisconsin with Amanda before we both went to prep school, we had a team Christmas party. And Phil was at Minnesota at the time. Like, that's where he was still playing. And he was sitting at home. And all the boys, like, Phil was down in the basement and all the boys were like, Amanda, is Phil here? Like, because everyone knew who Phil was from our coach, because our coach apparently had coached him also. And Amanda's like, yeah, he's downstairs, whatever. So, like, our whole team goes downstairs and Phil's sitting there, like, playing a video game. And all the boys are just like, oh, my God, it's Phil. I'm like, how of you have known him since you've, like, been playing with Amanda this whole time? And Amanda's just like, 
yeah, it's Phil, like, he's playing a video game, I don't, I don't care, and then, I She's like, that's my loser brother playing a video (laughs) game, like, can we (laughs) go have fun, please, thanks, yeah. It was, I always, like, thought it was hilarious, because our coach, like, before games would be like, oh, and then when I coached Phil, blah, 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 and she actually, like, turned one time and was like, yeah, get it, you coached Phil, like, Phil's not here, he's in Minnesota, like, which let's move on kind of thing. And I'm like, siblings, got it. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, our last question uh, is a new segment. We just started, what, three weeks ago? I guess it would be three weeks ago. Uh, yeah. I am a huge conspiracy theorist, uh, paranormal freak, serial killer, all that stuff. Uh, so do you guys have- She's, No, a- wait, wait, wait. She's not a serial killer. <laughs> Wait, wait, that came out wrong. Oh, yeah, no, that came out I wrong. I mean, <laughs> so you just, like, announced it on our yeah, just announced so it. out there. Yeah, she likes there watching now. serial killer documentaries. That's there fair. We go. Okay, okay. There we Got go. It. Yeah. Okay, well, carry on. I had well, to clarify. Just, now I'm just on a serial killer cake, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> um, do... <laughs> this is so bad. Uh, do you guys have a paranormal or, like, a alien story? I was thinking about this yesterday. It's, I mean, it's Ooh. less. <laughs> well, less thanks alien. for preparing me, CJ. Sorry, I. <laughs> my area's in lockdown, so I've had a lot of free time to just think about things. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yesterday, it's less alien, but more like supernatural ish. Um, okay. Have you heard of uh, megalodon? <laughs> yes, I love. So I love sharks. <laughs> I think they're so cool. So megalodon is like this prehistoric shark that was just humongous this huge shark that lived in the Marianas Trench it was like 60 feet long something like that anyway there was a video I watched yesterday trying to debunk it whether if it if it was real or if it existed and anyway I'm on team um, megalodon sharks in the Marianas Trench (laughs) (laughs) I'm on team all right any other uh paranormal scientific whatever kind of stories deep sea creature stories Kelsey do you have any I don't think I have any. That's okay. I mean, like, I lived in Vermont, and uh, Lake Champlain, they, they like, they say that there's, like, the Champlain monster. I can't remember what its name is, but I remember, like, taking the ferry in high school, and then when I was at Plattsburgh, and you take the ferry, like, from Plattsburgh to Burlington, back and forth, and things like that, and I always, like, wondered. I just never got around to looking into it more, but I definitely, like, I'm curious about it, if it's there or not. I forget what it's called. I have a friend who's from Plattsburgh. Yes. Is it Nessie? Yes. I don't know why that comes to mind, but I feel like that's it. Yeah, well, she's a big advocate that that she exists, that he, she, whatever, Nessie exists. Animal exists. Yes. I feel like there's something in there. For sure. On that ferry, there's definitely in Lake Champlain. It could be a megalodon or some variation of a megalodon. Who knows? Anyway, that that's it, guys. Um, thanks so much. Tell everybody where they can follow you guys on on the social medias. DJ? Yeah. Um, on Twitter, you can follow me at Tough Mustard. Uh, it's spelled T U F F mustard, all one word. <laughs> And my Instagram is CarlyJackson97. And um, my Twitter is Lil Numi, and my Instagram is Lil Numi31. And the yeah. Buffalo Buttes are oh, Instagram yeah. at. 
Oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, the movies, we should probably plug that. Um, I believe that our Instagram handle is at Buffalo Buttes, honestly. I think mm-hmm. the Twitter I think handle- so too. I have a shut the front door. It is not at all hockey related. Oh. I went to put on my headband last night to put my hair back so I could wash my face. And I went to put my hair up like this and I felt up, up the back of my neck. And I thought, oh, what is that on the back of my neck at the bottom of my hair? And I tried to pull it off and it wasn't coming off. And thank God Antoni was here. And I went, Antoni, there's something on the back of my neck. I don't know what it is. I can't see it and I can't get it off. What is it? And it was a tick. I'm going to say, you have a tick? Breezy? I had a tick on the back of my head. I have never in my many years of life ever, ever had a tick on my person. Did it bite you? You know what? I She said, there. there's nothing there. She pulled it off. It didn't burrow. It wasn't in there very long. And there was nothing there. But it might have bit me. I mean, I, that's what they do, right? Yeah. Oh, no. You know what happens when ticks bite you? What? Don't you get Lyme disease? I don't think everybody gets Lyme disease. Oh, dear God, I hope not. (laughs) If that was the case, like, everybody would have Lyme disease. True. Can't believe you had a tick on your neck. (laughs) Girl, you're telling me. So then... Where'd you pick it up from? Were you, like, rolling around in the grass? We live in the woods. Were you rolling around with Ringo? No. Like, I'm being a squirrel. No, I was not rolling around in the woods. Ringo had one on his leg, and he sleeps in the bed with me. And I, it must have uh, crawled off of him or jumped on. I, I don't know. It was on it was Ringo, like, and it got on me. Screw you, Ringo. I'm going to your mom. I was just, like, absolutely mortified. And then the one on him, I needed... <laughs> Again, like 10 minutes later. Antony, I need your help. There's a tick on Ringo. I need your help. And she's like, I'm coming. I'm bringing the tweezers. And we got it off of him. And it didn't it didn't burrow. And he's on tick medication. But, you know, they don't make tick medication for humans, I don't think. No, so. they don't. Yeah. But, yeah. I was like, check the, check the rest of my hair. Check everywhere. Check everywhere. You know? I was like, look. Look for. Make sure. Are you sure? She's like. You're fine. It it just it didn't do anything. I'm like, okay. So, oh yeah. boy. So that's wow. that's happening now. I'm like rethinking my love for 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 nature. <laughs> it was just one tick. I mean, you're not. You're gonna be fine. As you are like, um, you're gonna have Lyme disease. <laughs> But you're gonna be fine. You're gonna just you're have gonna be fine. and have like all you're kinds gonna, of issues. You're gonna be fine. It's not a big deal. Not everyone gets Lyme disease, or else everyone would have Lyme disease. Right. Wise I words, make good, so. make good points. Anyway, yes. that was yeah. uh, that was a fun little experience. A couple weeks ago, it actually was uh, documented on. Uh, it made it to TMZ, actually. I'll say that. It made it to TMZ. Someone was driving on the freeway uh, between, it was probably the, I want to say it was the 101 freeway. It was in Westlake TO area, which is 
very close to my house. Fun fact. Trevor Moore for the LA Kings is from Thousand Oaks, California. Super cool hometown boy. Uh, so they're driving. Uh, so T.O. is a good uh, 10 minutes away from my house. So my sister-in-law is actually from T.O. So that if it, you know, kind of connects uh, how close this is. But someone was recording that they had in a UFO uh, all over the 101 freeway in between T.O. and, and Westlake. Um, like I said, it made it to TMZ. And there were some sightings, I think, that um, I think multiple people had seen it. And I could find the thing. I could, I could send you a little clip of uh, what was captured. What people did it tried look to like? De- uh, look like a, a light. That was like cylind, like circular shaped almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, people tried to debunk it, said maybe it could be uh, like reflection of some headlights, um, maybe a reflection of like a flash in a cell phone or something in the windshield. Uh, no one can really say much. They're just saying that, yeah, it's probably a UFO. But I feel like uh, in this general, like northern side of LA uh, area that I live in, um, you know, there's, there's like the Westlake, the TO, the Calabasas, that general area, Calabasas mm. is well known for the Kardashians. That's where they live. Um, there's a lot of UFO sightings, but not everybody like makes them. And, uh, just over this hill, I think I told you guys about the lights that my friend Zach had, had captured, uh, that, so that overlooks, um, like this little park area that we actually went and took our mm-hmm. uh, our photo shoot in. Um, there's been sightings over there as well. Some guy was taking uh, some pictures because there's fires that happen, uh, brush fires all the time there. Some guy was, he likes taking photos of like fire, like copters and airplanes and airdrops and whatnot. And he took, he snapped a photo on like a DSLR of, um, I think it was a helicopter. And in the corner was a little cylinder, like little object thing, mm-hmm. uh, silver shaped. Um, it was like, unedited. Like nothing. that traditional flying saucer yeah. kind of yeah. thing that we're yeah. all imagining when we hear UFO, yep. that circular yep. pancake with the little ball on top, like Saturn, the planet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was captured in his photo and it was unedited, nothing, no Photoshop. It was just straight off of his DSLR. And uh, it's just kind of crazy to think that I think people don't pay enough attention to the sky. And I think if you really pay attention or if you just start taking pictures, like you're going to, you're going to see something. And so uh, it's really fascinating actually. And look up everybody, look up, look up. yeah. And watch out I for ticks. Watch out for ticks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.